Chapter Six of Frey and His Wife by Maurice Henry Hewlett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The Hue and Cry for Halward Neck. After a bit, somebody in the inn yard said, "Let us go into supper." And then another, "Where's Halward? And what's he doing?" A man said, "He's outside talking with Gunnar Helming." Then another. Let us have Gunnar in to sup with us. He is the best company. They all agreed to that. After a time of more waiting, a man went out of the yard to see where Hulward and Gunnar were, and came back with a serious face. Come out with me, he said. Here's a bad affair. They all tumbled out together with the lamp, and there found Hulward dead in his blood. He was stiffening already. Then, after a silence, all began to talk at once. Nobody could understand the slaying. Nobody could doubt who had done it, for everybody had seen Gunnar come into the yard, or the few who had not took it from the many who had. Not a word of doubt was raised about it. As Hulward was a friend of the King's, certainly the King must have the news. But all hung back from the errand, because all men liked Gunnar. The end of it was that, having brought the body into the yard and covered it with a carpet, they went into supper and ate and drank, thoughtfully and in silence. While they were sitting at their drink, in came Sigurd Helming, to see if Gunnar was there. He asked for him, and could not but notice how his question was received. Repeating it, he had no answer at all. A third time he asked it, and of one man by name. He was answered that Gunnar had been there, but had spoken to nobody. "'That is not like Gunnar,' Sigurd said. "'What did he do when he came in?' "'He beckoned to one of us, and went out again.' "'And to which of you did he beckon?' "'It was Halward Neck. "'And where is Halward Neck?' "'Then there was a silence, "'and after that another man, very red in the face "'and with gleaming eyes, spoke between his teeth. "'I will show you where Halward Neck is,' he said. "'Come with me.' "'He led him out into the yard, "'while the rest crowded at the door. "'He showed him the dead man. "'He held the lamp close to his face. "'Who did this?' said Sigurd. Then, beginning with a low murmur, all voices rose, and the name of Gunnar was cried in his ears. Sigurd lifted his head, and all were silent. "'I don't believe it,' he said. "'But somebody must tell the king of it.' They went back into the house and shut the doors. Sigurd was told what every one knew, or thought that he knew. One man had seen Gunnar go down to the hard in his cloak and hood. Half a dozen had seen him come into the yard afterwards. Three or four had heard Hulward greet him. Some had seen the beckoning, others had seen Hulward follow him out. Then they had gone out to look for them, and there found Hulward slain. Sigurd said, "'It looks very black against Gunnar, but I cannot believe it. Yet I know that the king must be told, and that he will be ready to think the worst of my brother, because he has been so stiff against his religion. Now my thought at first was that I would tell him myself, since none of you seemed ready to go with the news.' "'But see here, my friends, you would not have me bear witness against my own brother.' They all agreed to that. Then he said, "'I will ask one or several of you to tell the king in the morning. It is late now, and he will not expect you to disturb him at this hour of the night. Yet I tell you fairly that I myself shall go to find Gunnar, and warn him of what is astir against him. If I think, when I see him, that he is the guilty man, it may be that I shall go with you to King Olaf.' If I leave him still in the mind I am now, 
then I shall not testify against him. They all said, No, no. They said that he knew nothing of the matter, and that his name need not be in the business at all. Sigurd said, The king will speak to me about it, I know, but I shall have time for what I want to do. Then he left them sitting at their drink, and went to find Gunnar. Now first I will deal with the embassy to the king, and then with what happened when Sigurd saw his brother. Olaf was in a great taking. He grew red and thumped the table with his fist. This is what comes of clemency. That rascal refused my religion, and I let him go. He vowed that he would serve me, and I believed him like a fool. This is how it is brought back to me, sevenfold into my bosom. Now do you go and apprehend Gunnar, and hang him upon a tree. Don't let me see him, for I am in such a rage that I should insult him in his chains. Hang him out of hand, and let us get on with our affairs. That was what the king said and they left him with heavy hearts. But Gunnar was not hanged, because he was not at home when they went to fetch him. The very night of the slaying, Sigurd had gone to him. He went directly to him from the inn where Hallward lay dead. Gunnar, he said, what was the grief between you and Hallward that you must deal him a dog's death? Gunnar gaped at him. Hallward? Is Hallward dead? Who did that? Sigurd said, they say that you did it this very evening at the inn on Markfleet. Gunnar answered him, That be far from me. But he had no more to say. Well, said Sigurd, you say what I believe, but it looks very black against you. Then he told him what the rumours were, how he had been seen go down the street, then come up the street, how he had shown himself in the yard, said nothing, but beckoned Hallward out how he had not been seen again, and how Halward had been found stiff in his own blood in the street. Gunnar heard all this in silence, and remained silent so long that Sigurd had to make him speak. "'Well, what are we to answer them?' he said. Gunnar lifted his head and looked at him. "'I can only tell you,' he said, "'that I am innocent of this deed.' "'Do you know nothing at all of it?' he was asked. "'Ah,' said Gunnar, "'that is where you touch me.' Now I must tell you fairly that I can say nothing more to you or anybody at this hour. Then Sigurd said, You had better be off. The king will certainly hang you for it. Gunnar thought. Yes, he said, I must go. All may be set straight some day, but not by me. Then Sigurd left him, and Gunnar made his preparations. He took very little with him, for he knew that he must go far, and most of it afoot the king's hand stretched to the confines of Norway, and even in Iceland his power was being felt. Gunnar thought that he must travel east, on horseback, so far as he could get, but after that he must cross the mountains, and get down into Sweden. He took a sword and a sack of provision, and those were all that he took. No, there was one thing more, he could not bring himself to relinquish the fine cloak he had had from Ogmund Dint. Besides, if it were found when men came to look for him, it might be a witness against the man who had done the deed. It was against Gunnar's religion to betray a man's secret. He rolled up the cloak, therefore, and stuffed it into the saddle-bag. Then he got out his sorrel mare, and rode off into the dusk. He went east by a dale which he judged would bring him soonest out of King Olaf's holding, and he rode all night and till noon the next day. End of chapter 6